Hey, it's Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. I hope this message challenges you. I hope that it inspires you. But more importantly, I hope that it helps you grow spiritually. If you want to be a part of what we're doing here at Redefined Church, you can always support us by going to liveredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. Jumping into a series today called The Four H's of Christmas. And the first, the first H is honor. The first H is honor. And so as we talk about honor, we can think about or talk about all the things that the Bible tells us to do with honor. Honor your mother and your father. Um, honor God, right? Love your neighbor or honor your neighbors as you uh, love yourself. There is um, honor your spouse. We are to honor our husband or honor, honor our wife. And in that, you think of the definitions of honor. And I think that we all kind of know the gist of what honor means, but everybody might have a little bit different twist. And so we would say respect or dignity or um, and then and then immediately you go to the things that represent honor in our society like uh, frontline workers we honor them that 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 shows us honor military uh, people who are uh, public service men or public service women whether that be from the police stations to fire departments um, those are people of honor we 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 kind of connect honor to those positions Honor is something that we value here at the church. We want to honor every human being because we believe everybody deserves to be honored, to be loved, respected, to be honored, to be honored. And so uh, that means uh, we kind of all have the same place at the table. Honor is something that is it's deeply rooted and it's deeply rooted in God. And, and the, way this, um, the way this service come together, the way this message came together is really different, uh, really, really a different feel today than there has been in a couple of weeks. And so... Um, as we jump in today, um, because this is one of the biggest points that came up last week after church, it was honoring others, right? And so we talked about people stepping on our values and on our toes and making us kind of step back. And, and we realized that we felt like we were alone because people were stepping on what we valued. They weren't valuing the same thing we value. And the realization is, is when we accept that, when we honor others, especially when we honor others that don't believe the same thing we do, we dishonor ourselves and we kind of shelf ourselves. We take a back seat and, um, and that's no good. And so then you don't realize you're doing it, though, because you feel like there's so much pressure from others and we just need to honor what they're doing or honor who they are. And so in doing that, you end up dishonoring yourself. And so then it's easy to get our Christian values and our uh, biblical beliefs confused and, and kind of get them all entangled, right? Because Christians tend to be good rule followers. Believers tend to be good rule followers. We tend to honor authority. If there's authority above us, we tend to honor authority really well. And, and the, the, the nasty thing about this is, is those who um, don't believe like we believe, or they believe differently, or they don't like how we believe, they know that. They know that we're good rule followers, and they know that we honor, and they know that we're going to honor authority, right? And so how do they know that? You guys all know this scripture. We're going to read this together. This is in Romans 13, and it's verse 1 through 7. This will be on the bottom of the screen. Everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. Is that true today? Is that true today as we sit on that for just a second? Is that true today, 2020, in the United States of America? And that's just something for you to ponder. 
Verse two, so anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted and they will be punished. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Have you done anything wrong? Do you have anything to be fearful of? The answer to that is likely no. Uh, The last half of verse three, would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Do what is right and they will honor you. Come on, somebody. Verse four, the authorities are God's servants sent for your good. But if you are doing wrong, of course, you should be afraid for they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. Verse five, so you must submit to them not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. Verse six, pay your taxes too. pay your taxes too. come on, man. For these say, pay your taxes too for these same reasons. For government workers need to be paid, for they are serving God and what they do. Give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them, and give respect and honor to those who are in authority. What I want you to know is Romans is written with the assumption, not with the assumption, with an understanding. Romans is written with an understanding that. Um, those who are in authority have morality, they have ethics, and they have integrity. Does that mean that God is surprised by the people who are holding positions right now in leadership in our countries and around the world? No, no, he's really not. And I'm going to explain that a little bit deeper uh, today. And so then, by the way, so we're talking about authority and the authority in our life and how we are to submit to and honor that authority in our lives and those positions in our lives. And one of the questions I asked you was on verse one. I said, is that true that everyone must submit to governing authorities for all authority comes from God and those positions of authority have been placed there by God. Has God put people in position today or has men put people in position today? And so then Romans, I believe, is written with an understanding that those who are in authority have morality, integrity, and ethics regardless of country. And so then with that authority comes this. Media, media does not have any authority. Media has zero authority. They have a lot of money. They have a lot of power. They have a lot of influence. The media is very, very powerful right now. But the authority they carry is zero, is zero. And so then no no matter how many things they post on Uh, the top or the bottom of a social media post or on your favorite news channel or on your least favorite news channel or how many times they try to shut uh, your favorite follower down, the authority they carry is zero, zero authority. And because they have no authority, that's why they're so extreme in their pursuit of influence. They're pushing to gain influence, not authority. And this is why the pressure for decision-making is so loud and so upfront and so just the foot is on the gas all the time, right? Because they need the decision to be made now. The media, though, the media means nothing. The media means nothing without the action of people. They have no authority, but they're trying to get the majority. And that's why your feet is full. That's why the news is what it is. That's why the message is as it is. Is because they need majority. They need majority because they have zero authority. I hope that makes sense. 
um, it's easy to feel right now that the media has all the authority in the world because they can do whatever they want. But it's because one, we put them in that position and we've allowed them to take that place in our life. But two, they really don't have authority. It's a fake front. It's a false front. The only way that exists is when is if people keep plugging into it. And because we're so addicted to our phones, it makes it really hard to steer away from uh, that false sense of authority that's there, right? And so then the media has nothing without people's actions. So then, so that's it. So let's dissect Romans 13, verse one through seven. If you're taking notes, this is a more, this is a more, this is a deeper note taking session. And so uh, really slowing the pace for this. And so here's what it says. Romans 13, this is one through seven. I've, I've jumped in a couple of commentaries and put together um, this for you to kind of grasp because it's easy to take the first, what we just read, verse one through seven, take it straight from scripture and feel like, man, um, I, I just, this is just, I'm stuck. And so here's uh, Romans 13, one through seven. It says, the grace of the gospel teaches us submission and peace where pride and the carnal, carnal mind only See causes for murmuring and discontent, carnal meaning sinful. Whatever the persons in authority over us themselves may be, yet they yet the just power they have must be submitted to and obeyed. So we are going to submit. That's that's who we are as believers. We believe in authority. We submit to authority. In general course of human affairs, rulers are not a terror to honest, quiet, and good citizens, but only to evildoers. Such is the power of sin and corruption that many will be kept back from crimes only by fear of punishment. You have the benefit of the government, so do what you can to preserve it and nothing to disturb it. That's huge. And nothing to disturb it. This directs private people to behave quietly and peaceably where God has set them. And then we are redirected to 1 Timothy 2.1.2 right here in the middle of this commentary. And here's what 1 Timothy 2.1.2 says. First of all, then, I urge, I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men for the king, for kings and all who are in authority so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all goodness, honor and dignity. Remember, step one today, the first H of Christmas as we step into the Christmas season is honor. And so then back to the commentary, it says, And believers must not use any tricks or fraud. All smuggling and dealing with contraband goods without withholding or, ev or evading duties is rebellion against the express command of God. We all know that. We're not criminals, right? We might have that in our past. We've asked forgiveness and Lord help us, right? But we all know that. This is why this is why this first part here, we must not trick or fraud or any do, do nothing dirty. Honor, right? This is why honest neighbors are robbed and why they will have to pay more. It is also why, this is huge, it's also why the crime of smugglers and others who join them are assisted. Are assisted. How much assisted crime is happening right now? Last line. It is painful. And this is kind of, this is the commentary of Romans 13 wrapping up verse 7. It is painful that some teachers, it is painful that some teachers of the gospel tolerate such dishonest practices. The lessons here, the lesson here is that godly will always be found in the quiet and peaceable places of the land. And so then, when those in authority, when we have those in authority 
and they stand against God, what are we to do? What are we to do if we feel like it's not just media, we address that. It's not just media. We feel like we have people in positions that are not honoring God, that do not hold the place morally, ethically, um, you know, even outside of religion. It is, are they in, a, are they in the right place? And one, who put them there? Who put them there? And the reality is, is this. What do we do when, when, when the odds are against us or, or the person in authority is not a believer, doesn't have any morals or ethics? Then we honor God. We're to honor God. Honor God. This is the old skip level, right? It's a skip level meeting. I know that you're my authority. However, you want to throw me in prison. So I'm just going to go, I'm going to go to the man, right? This is the meeting before the meeting, right? If you've ever been in the meeting before the meeting, you know what I'm talking about. We're going to have a big meeting later. Let's have a meeting to talk about what we're going to have in that big meeting. And so in that, your meeting before the meeting is your chair time. It's your personal time with God. It's whenever you sit down, whatever time of day it is, and, and that's up to you. It's better to be the first because when we honor God, we honor him with our firsts. And so your chair time is good, right? And so then this is that meeting before the meeting. We honor God. We honor God first. I originally thought this message was going to be about honoring yourself. That's where, that's where my mind trended as, all, as, as the questions came through and the conversations happened was, how do you honor yourself? Because when your values are being violated and you're being pushed to fear, right? And your faith is being disregarded. You must stand. You must stand in who God says you are. And that starts with understanding that God loves you. That God loves you and that he honors you. God loves you and he honors you. So then you have to cut the excuses of he couldn't or he wouldn't or he would never or well I did because he loves you, he honors you. And you don't get to choose if he could, should or would, okay? He already did. And the fact that you're not willing to accept what God did for you through his son Jesus means you believe it's going to take something more than he already did and it doesn't, okay? And so there's a bigger point today. This is not to be assumed if you're a note taker, you need to write this down. You cannot love someone and not honor them. They come together. They're a package deal. Okay? And so love and honor come together. And so then you can't love someone and not honor them. God honors you. And God honors your faith today. God loves you and God honors you. They come together, right? And, and he honors your faith today. And so then here's what I was feeling. In today's culture, we feel so much pressure to honor others, right? And we use the old scripture, don't think too highly of yourself, then you ought and, and so then we put ourselves on hold and we say, well, I'll get to me. I'll get to me eventually. Right. And so our values and our beliefs, everything kind of takes a back seat and all in the name of honor. Just, we're just gonna, we're just gonna honor. And what happens is we accept, we accept. And, and so then we dishonor us. Remember that. And so the reality is this, you can't honor God without honoring yourself. If we love God, if as believers we would say we love God, then we cannot love God without honoring God. And so that we cannot honor God without honoring ourselves. Because as He, as, as you honor Him, He honors you. Right? As you honor Him, He honors you. And so 
what we call that is living in a real relationship with God. That's, that's part of our mission statement here at Redefined Church. Here's what you see. And I told you where the direction of the service was going. And so the message was this. The world says the top seven ways to honor yourself are this. You're, it's, it's amazing. The top seven ways. Forgive yourself. Practice peace. Respect yourself. Honor yourself. Have a personal hobby. Develop yourself. Have compassion on yourself. Those are the top seven ways that you can honor yourself if you want to go the worldly route. But isn't that what Jesus did? Isn't that what Jesus did? And isn't that what Jesus did for you? If you think about it, forgiveness, peace, respect, honor, discipleship, development, discipleship, and compassion. Isn't that what Jesus did for you? So then you're going to go man's way? Or you're going to go God's way? And so much of what we do today, I'm not, this is, this is real life stuff. So much of what we do today is the Bible. It's what God said. And we're doing what God said, but we've taken God out of it. And said, nah, just read this. Just read this. There's a self-help book on that. There's a blog. There's a TED Talk. There's a, there's a podcast. There's an audio book on that. And it's really rooted in the truth. But you have the fruit of the truth. You don't have the root of the truth in it. And so then it's empty. And you say, ah, man, I, I've read that book. I've done all that. And the reality is, 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 is it's there. It's there. And everything that, that the world would tell you you need to do, and this is just a quick look up, right? To honor yourself is what Jesus did. It's what Jesus did to honor you. And so the first question that you need to answer today is this, if you're writing this down. Are you going to honor God in the kingdom? Or are you going to honor man in the world? So tough choices. Tough choices, right? You can't have both. You can't have both. And this is what we've assumed for a long time. For a long time, we've said, well, I'll honor God and the kingdom on Sunday. But on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and Saturday, I'm going to honor man and the world. And God's a, God, God forgives me and God loves me. So then when I come back Sunday to honor God in the kingdom, he'll be there. And the reality is, is he never leaves you. He's always with you. And he's wanting that constant relationship. He's won that constant honor. He's won that con constant interaction. He's won that constant real relationship, right? He's, he's always looking for that meeting before the meeting with you. And then when it comes to Sunday and, and it's just time for the meeting, um, there's been no prep time, right? And so then we need to understand this, that, that even though we've assumed that for the longest time and we've kind of separated the two, and, and really that's why the world would say that Christians are, uh, can't be trusted and we don't want to follow them is because we show up you know, in our Sunday best on Sunday and Monday we do what we do. And Sunday we're one way and Monday we're a different way. And we don't, we don't show people that we are the same person all week long, that the church is who we are and that it exists 24-7, right? 365. And so then in that, in that question, are we going to honor God in the kingdom or are we going to honor man in the world? We need to understand that God does not operate in a worldly system. God doesn't operate in a worldly system. He only operates in the kingdom with kingdom perspective.
And so then that means that he doesn't hear those who don't operate with kingdom perspective, with kingdom mindset, right? He can't hear them. He can't hear them. And if you're not operating that way, it could be part of your struggle, right? Here's where we see kingdom. We see simple kingdom perspective in John 13, 35. Simple kingdom perspective in John 13, 35. It says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Love, remember, you can't love somebody and not honor them. And so then love is a two-way street. Honor is a two-way street. They require exchange. They require exchange. It's not only for you to give, but it's also for you to receive. That's why the love, the love and the honor that we receive from God is the grace. It's called agape. It's amazing. We've talked that before. But it's not only for you to give, it's for you to receive. We call this real relationship with people. It comes with no agenda. It comes with no strings. The best example of this is Jesus. This is the example that we're to follow. Which means that even in our current climate, even in our current climate, we should be looking at people from Jesus' perspective. To love them and to honor them, no matter what they believe or how they appear or what their faults are or what their label or their tag or their, you know, what choice of car they drive, all that, all those things. We should be looking at people from Jesus' perspective. And we should be loving. And, every, and the whole world knows that. Now, here's what we as believers must do. We must require that in return. Value yourself. See yourself how God sees you and expect the same in return. Because you can, you can yell, love your neighbor as loud as you want, but if you're whispering, love yourself, it's never going to work. It's never going to work. And so then you have to re require that or, or expect that in return. Why? Because, because this is an old phrase. Respect is not given. It's earned. I would say it's the same for love honor and everything respect is not given it's earned it's earned and so then the second question this is kind of a tougher one this is that challenging question who who is getting your respect and hasn't earned it notice nobody what what is getting your respect and hasn't earned it and i just want to say this show me you can't physically do that right now but I'm asking you this for a reason. Show me who's getting your respect that hasn't earned it. Show me what's getting your respect that hasn't earned it. And I will show you who is using you, who's taking advantage of you, or who is walking all over you, or what's stealing your time. Show me. Show me. And if it's a news feed, cut it off. If it's a social media feed, cut it off. If it's some guy at the supermarket that every time you come in, he wants to talk to you for 25 minutes and tell you how you shouldn't wear that t-shirt or how you shouldn't talk like that or how your mask should be bigger, cut it off. You have to cut the things off, especially if they're stealing from you because, because whether we want to believe it or not, the things that we give our time to are gaining influence in our lives. And so then all that stuff is garbage and it's shifted culture. And it's just a little bit at a time, but a little bit at a time over, over time adds up to a lot, right? And so then this is why. So the next step then, we're talking honor. The next step, then this is, this is why we need to pray for spiritual strength. We're talking about that meeting before the meeting. We're talking about honoring God with our life, right? 
And so we're praying for uh, spiritual strength and we need a move of God, right? We need two things today. We need God and we need God's will. God and God's will. And what we need to understand as believers, we are to pray God's will into action. We are to pray God's will into action. We don't pray about how we feel. We don't pray about, um, you know, what offended us. It's we are supposed to make our needs uh, known to God, present our requests to God. We are to do that, but we're also called as believers, as Christians, to pray God's will into action. This is what Matthew chapter 6 says. It says, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Your kingdom come, not the world, and your will be done, not man's way, right? Your will, not man's way. And so then where can we find, where can we find a prayer or some direction, some instruction on how to gain spiritual strength? We find this in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. And this is the Apostle Paul teaching us. Paul has just been through it. He's been through some tribulation. He's been tested. And he's not wanting people to experience the same trials and tribulation that he has went through. And so here's what he says. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven on earth is named. That includes you. That according to the riches of the glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. Your inner being, that's who you are. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length. Pay attention to verse 18. So that you may be grounded in love and may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. What is Paul saying here? He's a little anxious. Remember, he's a little anxious because he's been through tribulation. And what he's asking for is a spiritual blessing. Spiritual blessings are the best blessings. They're the best blessings. And so then strength from the Spirit of God in the inner man, strength in the soul, strength of faith to honor God and to do our duty. Our duty would be John 13, 35, that people will see you and know that you're my disciples. If the law of Christ is written in our hearts and the love of Christ is shed everywhere, the love of Christ is everywhere, then where God's spirit dwells, where Christ's spirit dwells, then he also dwells. So then we should desire to have that same love and that same honor fixed in us, fixed in us. Paul speaks so powerfully there about the love of Christ. Now here's verse 18 broken down. The breadth shows its extent to all nations and people. The length is that it continues from everlasting to everlasting. The depth, the depth, this is huge is that it is saving those who are sunk into the depths of sin, the depths of misery, the depths of angst, the depths of fear. It's saving the depth, the depth of God's love. The height, it's it's raising them up to the heavenly happiness and glory. And last, it says, those who receive grace for grace from Christ's fullness may be said to be filled, filled with the fullness of God. And so verse 18, doesn't that sound like God's will? 
Doesn't that sound like God's will? Doesn't that sound like God's kingdom on earth? Isn't that what that says? Isn't that what that says? And what I think we all realize is this would satisfy us. If we, if we just really park on um, Ephesians 3, 14 through 19, this would satisfy us. But we keep getting in the way. But we keep getting in the way. If we would just stick here, it'd be great. Because to gain spiritual strength, we must pray God's will in, which starts in Matthew chapter 6. You can look that up this week. Because why? Because God says, honor me first. Matthew 6, 33, God says, um, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. When we honor God, He honors us. And so let's go back to question one. Are we going to honor God in the kingdom, or are we going to honor man in the world? Who are we going to honor? Who created us and who gave us life or what we have and what? It's essentially just what. Are we going to seek God's will or our will as believers? And are we going to honor him or man? Are we honor him or man? Real talk. This is kind of back to our value. Every person, every person is worthy of honor. God, you, others. It's 1 Peter 2.17. Honor everyone. Love the family of faith. Have reverence for God. Deep honor and respect, right? And respect the king. And respect the king. And that respect the king was that first set of scripture that we jumped in at the start. And so then we don't have to get uh, distracted with the externals, or the hows, or what's, or what's happening, right? Honor, honor would change the world if everyone applied it. If everyone applied it. It starts with honoring God. Because when I honor God, He honors me. Then it's not a, well, what do I have to do here? It's just walking in who He says I am. It's just walking in who He says I am. And so I'm closing with this. Saw a great question from one of my most trusted friends this week, and he was actually showing me. Um, he was showing me something that I already had written down, and it's just amazing how God brings these things uh, across your path, and just so timely. And here's the third question. This is the question I'm leaving you with today. It's a great question to live by if you're a note taker. Here it is. Can I do this? You're gonna ask. You have to ask yourself this when when making decisions. Can I do this? And honor God. Can I do this and honor God? Write it down. I did. Can I do this and honor God? It's great perspective on a question I have. It's it's it is the flip side of, of something similar that I ask myself every morning in my chair. Um, but it it challenges, it brings a challenge in it to where you this is gonna make sure that you include God in every decision. And so then, can I do this and honor God? Ask yourself this this week when you're facing a tough decision, when you would like to knock some old person out, right? Because they're giving you the stink eye because they don't uh, care how you look, right? When a coworker acts like they're social distancing better than you are, ask, what is your response going to be? When you're going down one of those one-way aisles and you're Christmas shopping, Right? When you're alone in your house and you're fixing to make a decision, 
ask, can I do this and honor God? Because the answer is no, he can't honor you. Because when you honor him, he honors you, right? So then before you respond to anything, before you make a, a, a real quick decision, ask, can I do this and honor God? And that's where you need to start. That's where you need to start. Because if you choose to honor God, he'll honor you. Here's how I know it's two scriptures. First Peter 3:15. But in your hearts, honor Christ as holy. Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason. For the hope that is in you. Ask you for a reason for the hope that's in you. And do it with gentleness and honor. That's great. I love the first part, but the last part's what I really love. But what if be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason of the hope that's in you and do it with gentleness and honor. We carry that anyways. What does that mean? I think sometimes we, we uh, misinterpret gentleness there and take that as, as soft and we just have to take whatever's given to us. And it says honor. What's that mean? Honor God and He'll honor you. So bring the truth with it. Bring the truth with it when you come with that defense. Why do you believe in God so much? I believe God because this. Because this, because of X, Y, and Z. I don't, you're not going to get a great response from somebody who said, well, every now and again, it makes me feel good, man. Because they feel good every now and again, too. Okay? <laughs> so then it's not going to be that. Or you can't, well, because it's one time when I was six years old, it was real foggy outside and I, and I saw the, saw the face of Jesus. I'm not saying that doesn't happen. Bring, bring gentleness and bring honor and bring truth because of who God is to you. That's what your defense is, is rooted in, right? Matthew 4.24, just side note on that. Matthew 4.24, or sorry, Mark 4.24. Mark says this. He says, pay attention to what you hear. He's talking about the gospel. Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and then even more will be added to you. So he's saying, take the gospel and use every ounce of it. And every ounce of the gospel that you use to influence others, he says, even more will be added to you. Remember this, you cannot honor God. You cannot honor God without honoring yourself. Yourself. It's a real relationship. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that it challenged you and that you'll take steps this week to have a greater faith and to go deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about what's happening here at Redefine Church, you can visit us online at liveredefine.com. Follow us on social media at Redefine Church or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.